Hello and welcome to another episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. Today's episode is with Matt Park, an ex-pro footballer turned NFT seller and creator. This is a really interesting episode. Matt is trying to do some fantastic stuff uh, in our industry and help artists sell their work via NFTs and online and digital formats. I really do believe this is the future of our uh, future of our industry, selling our work online and, and selling, sending them a, a print, whoever buys it as well. Um, and the collectibles uh, industry is going to be huge with the online assets as well. So um, yeah, I learned a lot about NFTs and a lot about crypto as well in this episode. I hope it answers some of the questions that you may have around NFTs and selling your artwork online uh, and in digital NFT form. Um, and yeah, so I hope you enjoy it. I hope you find it useful. And uh, yeah, let's get into the podcast. Uh, it's as simple as welcome to the podcast. You're in. You're as simple as that. Yeah, yeah. Can we start off with uh, who you are and a bit about your background? Yeah. Um, so my name's uh, Matthew Park. Um, geez, how much do you want to know? Well, how far back do you want to go? Yeah. I mean, uh, are you a designer? I'll start there. Um, no, 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 I'm not a designer at all. I um. I I spent seven years as a professional soccer player. Um, oh, wow. So, yeah, so soccer has pretty much been my life. Um, my, my dad was born in England, um, grandparents English, so I was brought up with a ball at my feet, you know, since I was sort of one year old. Um, yeah, all I ever wanted to do was be a soccer player. Um, I was pretty fortunate enough to make that happen. Um, moved over to Scotland when I was 17 and signed with Hearts and um, spent seven years there. Um, then a couple of days i you know i blame the lack of career on my knee reconstructions you hear that a lot <laughs> could have done something but the knees went so um ended up yeah just moving back to australia then i spent um five years running a have you heard of little kickers yeah i have i have actually yeah, so I, I brought a franchise over here um just a little area in the country, and I, I ran that for about five years. So basically, just running classes for kids ages between two and seven. Nice. I'd go to childcare centres and nurseries, and yeah, just run programs and muck around with the kids and have a bit of fun. And COVID hit, and that sort of stopped stopped that business. Just cut it short, and um, I'd had it, had enough of that, and then ended up. I suppose what we're going to talk about found. Um, yeah. Thought I'd get more into blockchain and. And yeah, here I am trying to start some kind of uh, blockchain program. So. I, I wish I'd, uh, I wish I knew your surname because I, I would have done a lot more research. But uh, that's incredible. <laughs> There's not much to research. <laughs> I was, I sat on the bench seven or eight times for the seniors. Um, went on loan a couple of times to East Fife in the second division. Um, yeah, that, that that was the end of it. Um, so I was look, I was uh, unbelievable seven years. Like it was just. It was incredible, really. That was I signed when. Do you know much about Hearts and Scottish football? Or? Uh, a little bit. I actually had a, a tour. We, so we did a, me and a guy called Matt did a, another, another guy called Matt did a podcast in um, tour around the UK and just went to different places and um, we went to Hearts and we, we, we just rocked up and and, uh, and said, oh, can we have a look around? Can we take a few pictures? And we got a guided tour by by, um, by the let see my Gary Gary. Not Gary Clark. What's his surname? Get the main, the main legend at Hearts. Anyway, oh. um, anyway, give us a guy. Give us a tour, like a literal, uh, an actual uh, stadium tour. It was amazing, and it's it's a beautiful stadium. The only thing about Hearts is the um, the factory next to it. I don't know what yeah. I don't know what they make, but it stinks. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, I'm pretty sure it's a beer factory. Oh, is it? Nice. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, it's it's pretty strong smelling, like real yeasty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't think I could live there. I don't think I could live next to that factory. Yeah, I, I wouldn't <laughs> want to live there either. <laughs> it's a nice town in Edinburgh, but right in the middle of Gorgie. It's um, yeah, it's yeah. A bit rough. But that's amazing, that. So, so you're born in born in England or born in Australia? No, no. So I was born in Australia. My dad and grandparents were born in England. Um, they come out here when my dad was just one. Um, yeah, obviously brought that love for football over here with them. Um, yeah, yeah. Got me into it, and yeah, I just grew up just absolutely sort of loving football. And then when I moved over to Scotland, it was, it was a, in a way a culture shock, but it was a good culture shock. Um, I just it, it felt like home as soon as I was there, just to know that you know, cause nice. soccer, it's, it, it's big in Australia, but it's probably like the, the fourth or fifth biggest sport. I mean, I grew up in a school of 1,000 kids and, mm. um, you know, I was the only one that played soccer. And, wow. You know, to, um, you know, move out of the UK and just see that passion that everyone else has for it. And I was like, yeah, there are, you know, a lot more people out there like me. So, yeah, that was good. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's big. I think it's the biggest sport over here. So, what's that? What's ahead of so cricket? Is it cricket and Aussie rules football? Yeah, cricket. Aussie, yeah, rugby up the top half of Queensland. Ah. Uh, AFL, Aussie rules down the bottom half. Um, cricket, sort of all around. Then you got well, even I suppose basketball's pretty big. Everyone plays basketball, and you got nice. tennis, um, and then soccer sort of sits around there. You've got. I think you get more kids playing soccer than all the other sports, but it's, you know, in terms of the professional level and the, the following and, mm. and all that kind of stuff, it's just it's just not there compared to all the other sports. Yeah, that's, what, that's what we hear about America parents. as well. Like. Yeah. Yeah, very that's... similar to America, yeah. Right, right. Because then, like, yeah, because you've got other sports just take over and then once you... I guess, I guess uh, similar to America, it's sort of like a thing you learn in school and then you just navigate to more towards the other sports. Um, yeah, it's like that safe sport that kids will chuck their um, parents will chuck their kids into and say, you know, here little Johnny, go play soccer for a couple of years and go get some exercise. And then yeah. when they get to the sort of twelve, thirteen, and they want to be cool, they want to play footy like all their mates, and they give soccer the flick. <laughs> <laughs> nice, that's a that's a wicked sport. That Aussie rules football. Yeah. Yeah, it is, yeah, no, yeah, it's a good sport. It's unreal. Uh, do you so who do you support then, football wise, in soccer? Uh, uh, Arsenal. I'm an Arsenal man. Ah, nice, nice. That's yeah. good. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, here's a bit of a story. I mean, this is this is how it's sort of different over here. You couldn't get away with what I did in in the UK. My my dad's a QPR fan. Okay. Huge QPR fan. So I grew up uh, a QPR fan, but back when I was you know five, six, seven years old. Um, all we would get in Australia was a, a half an hour highlights program of the Premier League. Like that was literally it. You couldn't get yeah. anything else. Um, and then QPR got relegated, and then so <laughs> I, mean, I ended up playing in Division Two for a while. And then so there was no QPR on the TV whatsoever. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, I, you know Ian Wright came along, and you had uh, sort of Carnu was there, and then as soon as Thierry Henry was there, I was. Um, yeah, that was I it. Fell in love. That was it. I was an Arsenal man. Nice, nice. Um, what what position do you play on the on the pitch then? Um, I was a left back. Left back, nice. I'm a right back, so that's pretty good. That's pretty. Yeah, defense is solid. Are you, you see, the thing is with right backs and left backs now. When I when I um, when I played, I'm only 20. I'm still playing, but only five aside. But like, um, they're always like 
we never really bomb forward like they do now. Left backs and right backs, the roles completely changed now. Uh, I don't think I could do it. I'm not that quick. Like, so I always. Well, I started off as a left mid, and that's that's they right. ended up moving me back. And I mean, I, I can't defend whatsoever. That's probably what cost me my career in the end. They put me at left back, but I couldn't defend. So all I would do was just bomb forward. Um, and they love that side of things, but yeah, then when yeah. I and I was a nightmare. So it ended up costing. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, uh, how the hell did you get into like the design world then, and like crossing over paths and starting NFT stuff? Um, I've always, I've just been obsessed with with football. Obviously, since I was young, um, you know, I, I can remember at 10, 11 years old, I always liked inventing things, drawing, all that kind of stuff. Not that I was any good at it, but I, I did enjoy it. So, mm. you know, even like the walls of my bedroom, I'd be cutting out, you know, soccer players from the shoot magazine and I'd nice. be putting it on this wall and then taking it off and rearranging the other wall. So I was constantly doing things like that. Um, if I was ever doing anything at school, I'd be, you know, in terms of design, I'd be designing a, a football brand or a football jersey. Um, so I've just always been really fascinated by the design aspect um, of, of football. And, you know, it, it might be different because I suppose you're more involved in the industry, but I always used to think um, I used to love football, but it almost wasn't um, a cool thing to wear maybe a football jersey or all that kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden I feel like it did a massive flip and it became cool. You know, how all the retro shirts and all that started coming back in fashion and stuff like I used to think that was cool, you know, 10, 15 years ago. I remember walking down the street in an Arsenal top maybe five or six years ago and someone was pointing at me, some girl, she's only young, 17 years old or something. She's like, oh, what's that T-shirt? And I thought, oh, this is a classic <laughs> Arsenal retro shirt. And here I am getting taken out of me. And, you know, I suppose, hey, that's cool, but it's not cool over here. But, yeah, no, I've always just been in, in the design aspect of football. Um, then... Um, I'm, I'm studying my applied um, diploma of blockchain, so which is nice. you know to actually integrate blockchain technology with businesses. So it's about actually trying to apply value and, and help a business integrate you know blockchain technology into that. And part of my project, I had to obviously develop some sort of blockchain or some sort of blockchain project. And yeah, I just got down the rabbit hole of, of NFTs and you know yeah. thought I'll, I'll hook that up with football and. There wasn't anything sort of happening in terms of NFTs and football. Um, I thought, yeah, why not? See if I can make something happen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I can definitely relate with the uh, you know the changing things around the walls, cutting out posters and all sorts. It's just um, I think that's how a lot of the a lot of creators and designers start, and it's uh, it's, a, it's a great one. Uh, I, I remember going uh, coming home from school once one day and not being able to afford the. Uh, I'm actually a Liverpool fan, although I work for Arsenal. But um, yeah, and uh, yeah, not being able to afford the Liverpool like, training jacket, and it was a white one, so I thought I'd just draw it on my school uniform. And uh, my mum had a massive go at me. She didn't, <laughs> didn't like that one. Yeah, I mean, I, I used to do things like that too. Just get a white T-shirt and draw a strip on it and think it was yeah. cool. I was like, cool, like that's you know, it, design. It. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when, when you when you're ten or uh, younger um i can't remember exactly how old i was but uh yeah that, that's that's what a football kit was and it's yeah and looking back on it it's quite cool to, to think you're being creative and you know and doing things i mean it probably wasn't that cool to friends at school but uh <laughs> it was good yeah definitely the good times and yeah. also it was weird when when football cars just became not cool like you know you know how that the period where 
you go from primary school to I'm not sure how it is in Australia, but you go from primary school to secondary school. So you're like there's a little flip and you move up a move up a year. And I, all of a sudden collectibles and football cards are just not cool anymore. And like, well, yeah. what's that about? <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I used to have um my, what, what, what Corinthian micro stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to, you know, get them sent over to Australia and I'd have them up all and my mates would come in the house and it absolutely ripped the piss out of me. You know, you might be 15 years old and you've got these little figures and they think it's something like a five-year-old should be playing around. Not that I was playing with them, but I used to collect them. And yeah. Have them at cool lads. I've still got them all, but um, yeah, all my mates just rip it out of me. Yeah, you're laughing now, though. You're laughing now. Yeah. That'd be worth a lot. <laughs> <laughs> all the collectors. It's great, though, seeing like adults and, I guess, uh, influencers now, um, like Logan Paul and that, becoming... Uh, really interested in rare Pokemon cards again. I think that's, um, I never really did Pokemon cards, but I, I guess that's helped the collectible scene. And uh, there's loads yeah. and loads of adults that are collecting football cards now and, and soccer cards, and especially the American ones, which seem to be rare or seem to be holding more value. Um, so it's, it, it, it definitely holds hope for NFTs and digital collectibles as well. Um, yeah, for sure. Like, I've always loved collecting things. I was pretty big on Pokemon cards. Um, just for a bit of part-time money as well. What I do now is I, I do the old, I go to the op shops and charity shops and I'll sell stuff on, on eBay and stuff. So nice. I love, I love old things and collecting things. And then, yeah, when I started seeing this NFTs and I thought, yeah, people are going to want to, kids are going to want to collect digital goods. Eventually mm. you can see it happening. I mean, it might not, might take five, 10, 15 years for it to become, you know, massively mainstream, but a hundred percent kids are want to going to collect things on their on their phones and and that's where nfts just sort of come into their own yeah definitely I mean, before we get into what they are and all that i mean the things like match attacks the come like tops have actually got digital cards out already so you buy a packet of match attacks so the physical cards and you get a, a code and you put that into the app or, or put it into the website and you get a, a I don't know if you get a digital pack or you get a digital card but they're already there like the people are yeah. collecting digital stuff already so it's a, it's a next generation of, uh, of collectors, I guess, just coming through with the digital rather than the physical and digital. But um, yeah. but yeah, so we'll start off, I guess, with uh, what are NFTs? Can, are you, are you, you know, can you give a definition? <laughs> well, geez, the, the really poor definition seems to be they're a non-fungible token. I suppose, I suppose to me, I always find find it a little bit hard to explain it, but an NFT is it's basically a, a, a token on a blockchain. It's an asset put onto a blockchain. Um, it, it makes it being able, you can trade it 24 seven. Um, it's time stamped. Uh, people can't um, sort of, uh, what's the word? Um, you can't copy it. Well, someone could copy it, but because it's on a blockchain, you can, you can prove where it was actually put onto that blockchain to begin with. So say it was a digital jersey, for instance, if Man United released their digital jersey, you could try and you brought it, you could trace that all the way back through the blockchain to when Manchester United put it on the blockchain. Whereas if someone come along and said, oh, here's my version of Man United's jersey, you could go back and it wouldn't connect up back to when Manchester United, you know, released their digital jersey. So whereas if you and me were, you know, face to face doing a swap, there'd be no way really for you to tell whether or not this is a real or whether this is, you know, a, a fake jersey. It's just sort of your eyes. But with an NFT, you can you can actually prove where it came from, 
all the way back to its beginning. Um, but yeah, it, it takes on the file. It can be it can be digital art. It can be a ticket to an event. Um, it can be like we're talking about digital wearables. It can be almost almost anything can be tokenized. I think in the future, um, our cars will be turned into tokens and NFTs. Our mortgages will be turned into NFTs. So basically, any asset will be tokenized and put onto a blockchain. So before we get into like how how our like mortgages and things will get turned into NFTs, because that's <laughs> that's just uh, stumped me that one. I was like. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, uh, I've just been seeing it from a collectible side of view. But but like the so the word fungible, from what I understand, is it's like fungible means that you can you can change it. So say someone has a tenner, like ten pound note, and they want to change it for two fivers, it's the same value. But that's but you can change them because it's fungible. So it's that's what fungible yeah. means. It's it's the same value, but you can change it for a different thing sort of thing. But with NFTs, you can't. There's, there's no there's no replicable. Uh, thing that's, that's exactly the same. So, so yeah, two like fibers are worth exactly the same. Yeah. Artworks. You know, how do you know what one's worth and what the other is worth? Whereas a fiber and a fiber are worth the exact same thing, so they're fungible. Whereas a, a piece of art, you know what I mean, and a digital wearable, it's sort of like, well, how do you, you know, how do you know what they're? They're obviously not worth the exact same thing. So that what right. what makes non fungible? Yeah. Right, right, and and it's been linked to crypto. Obviously, that's a lot. A lot more secure than, um, uh, I guess, uh, than currency, normal currency anyway, than money. Um, it being, it being having two keys of your wallets and stuff. So, how much do you, how much do you know about crypto and like, and that sort of? Yeah, thing? I, um, I've sort of been watching the space, been involved since 2015. So, so wow, quite probably. a while. Yeah, so that's, so you're rich then. I mean, you're, you're like, a, you're a millionaire, right? Yeah. <laughs> 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 but yeah, look, I, I made a bit of money. Um, I lost a lot of money in 2017, 18 when things sort of crashed. Um, I kept everything I had and just kept a bit of an eye on the space. I, I didn't really understand it, you know, too much in 17, 18. And then when COVID came along, I just I, I started thinking, well, what am I going to do for work? And I started actually looking into it all. And it just all started to make sense. Um, the thing that hit it for me was, you know, I was locked up in a hotel room for two weeks doing quarantine when I was moving states and my mates were in lockdown and, and we couldn't see each other. And I was like, oh, you know, I'd love to have a beer with my mates and have a chat and things like that. And I know people were using, I think they were using Zoom and there's a whole lot of other apps and stuff. And I come across this. Have you heard of Decentraland? No. No, oh, no right. Yeah. Well, Decentraland is a completely decentralized uh, virtual reality land. So everything in this land basically is an NFT and you can own it. So you can buy your own land on this uh, in this virtual reality world. And, you know, you, you go in, you log into the internet, you go into the world and you can interact with other people on it. And what they're working on. I mean, it's the, the graphics at the moment are still a little bit dodgy, but in the future, you know, will be you put your headset on mm. and uh, you, know, you feel like you're in the room with your mates and you can feel like you're watching the football at a pub and you're with your mates next door. And I just thought, oh, I, I can see, you know, whatever way the world goes, I can actually see people doing this in 20 years' time. I mean, kids already sit there playing with their PlayStation with their headset on, their laptop there, their phone there. Yeah. You know, if you put that into a virtual reality setting where they feel like they're actually in their own room, you know, with their mates playing the PlayStation next to them and stuff, I just, 
it just hit me all of a sudden. I thought, oh, I, I need to get involved in this space. And then, you know, found that you can actually study it. And yeah, it's just, I get stuck looking at everything. There's just so much stuff going on. Yeah. There's a lot to learn. I mean, I mean, with NFTs and digital art, I think the first question playing devil's advocate would be, why would you want to buy a digital piece of art? <laughs> well, it's uh, for me, it's the same thing. Well, why would you want to buy a physical trading card? I mean, with a physical trading card, all you do is look at it. You know, you've yeah. got it. Uh, like, oh, yeah, I've got a card. It's worth this much money. Like, it's cool, but it's just a card. It's the same thing on a phone. Like, you've got your card on a phone. You can look at it. But, you know, really, you, you can't do too much with a card apart from, like, look at it and just appreciate <laughs> having it. But then all of a sudden, you know, you put it on a blockchain, you can... You can trade it 24-7, so you can swap it at any point if you need that money. You can, you know, you can swap it. You can, at the same time, if you're a collector, no matter what time, you can buy other collectibles as well. So you might just be sitting there bored one day and instead of having to go to a, a card convention or a, an, an art convention or buy art online and wait for it to get sent over, you can just buy it instantly. Mm. Um, and then even moving forward is they're working on things like, if you own a specific artwork in these, you know, virtual reality world, you can rent out your artwork to a gallery or, for instance, you can, um, they're working on other aspects where you can actually put your, say you've got a special card that's worth $5,000 and you don't want to sell it but you need a bit of money and you can actually put it up as collateral for a loan. So, you know, this virtual reality bank will say, yep, you know, we, we agree it's worth $5,000. We're going to hold that in a vault for you and we're going to give you, you know, $2,000 to do whatever you want with. So all of a sudden, you know, everything mm -hmm. becomes become sort of liquid and, and you can trade it, you can borrow against it. And, yeah, I just think the benefits are huge. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, the future is definitely bright. I mean, it's, I, think we're, I think we're early on it. And it, with NFTs, it's, um, it's almost like it's only just come around but i think people have been you know thinking about it and doing things for for a few few months now um yeah it still feels really early i think it i mean even even cryptocurrency still feels really early but people have been doing that for years like nearly 10 years now so um it's crazy crazy stuff but uh yeah so for people listening what how how, how do they get into nfts or like what's i don't know what would the question be like why why, why bother i guess <laughs> Well, I suppose if, if you're into collecting, um, I, I seriously encourage people just to go on the marketplaces and have a look around. I mean, before I brought my first NFT, I've been watching them for probably eight or nine months now. I used to just go on the go on the websites. I think it was rareable.com is one of the big ones, or there's opensea.io. Yeah. Um, there's Gateway. So there's quite a few. I just used to go on. I used to have a look at them and I was still a little bit confused as well. I used to look at the artwork and think, hey, this is pretty cool, but like, you know, why do I want to buy it? Would I ever buy it? Why do I want to collect it? But I just used to go on, have a look, see what other people are doing. And then all of a sudden, you know, that craze come and, and you started linking it between, oh, hang on a minute. Like, you know, you can borrow against these things. There's other people collecting them that actually makes them valuable. Then some of the artists that were creating these artworks, I was like, oh, some of these are actually like, you know, serious artists. They're not just, you know, uh, some kid sitting on his computer just designing, you know, some shitty artwork and trying to sell it for thousands. <laughs> some of these people, you know, this is their life and, and this is yeah. what they like to do. Um, and then you look at um, if you want to collect 
say you like a, a piece of art, but it's a 3D art or it's a, a small little, you know, GIF, small little video or something. There's no way, I suppose, for artists to sell those or for people to collect those. You know, you can't put a GIF on the wall or a video on the wall, but mm. all of a sudden people are creating these um, small little videos and, and, yeah, you can actually buy them and sell them and create them and things like that. So, yeah, if people want to get in, I just suggest just to get in the marketplace and just have a look around. You don't need to buy anything, but it's just good to see the, the different things people are creating. Definitely, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I've been having a look around for a while, and um, I've actually I've started uh, OpenSea account, and, and like I'm I'm gonna start selling a couple of bits as well, um, which is is definitely interesting for people listening, because obviously a, or designer audience audience of designers and sports designers listening. Um, uh, but before we get into like selling selling and buying, uh, what's I don't really know. There's so much to think about and to just talk about. <laughs> Do you want to talk about maybe getting how they would get a wallet? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Uh, so yeah. So it's linked to crypto. Obviously, Ethereum's the main one, right? Yeah. So basically, ninety ninety five percent of all NFTs and, and all working products on the blockchain are based on Ethereum. Um, so yeah, pretty much every NFT is on Ethereum. Um, there are, I think, OpenSea. You can use your credit card to buy um, NFTs. But what you still have to do is you have to have a, um, a wallet that's linked into your OpenSea account. So I think MetaMask is probably the easiest for people to use. It just links into your browser. You just download it, links into your browser. It'll give you your sort of 12 key password that you keep safe. Um, and then you can actually use your credit card to buy um, or your, your savings account or whatever it is to buy crypto or Ethereum. And it goes straight into your MetaMask account then you can use that Ethereum pretty much just to buy things on OpenSea. So mm. the easiest way is just to look at MetaMask, download that, it'll integrate straight into your browser, and then as soon as you go into OpenSea or Rarible, it will just automatically pop up and you can sign in and then it just links in. So then when you go to click buy on an NFT, uh, MetaMask will just pop up in the top right corner. It'll ask you to accept it. And yeah, it's, it's pretty simple. And that's probably the best way as well. It's just to, you know, if you, if you do have a spare, you know, a couple of hundred pounds and you just want to interact with these things, um, you don't really, and that's what I found as well. I used to look at it too much and not actually interact with some of these apps. Um, but it's, yeah, it's just fun just to try out mm. yeah. some of these products. So. I, I, I'd look at um, MetaMask and I, I've gone down the route of connecting my uh a Coinbase account through Coin Wallet, yeah. uh, Coinbase yeah. Wallet, yeah, and it's it's a similar thing. It's, I, but it's I'm, I'm talking to my flatmate about it, and we were a bit suspicious about the um, about the security of, of having an extra wallet. But it, I mean, it, it's a Coinbase Wallet. Is, I think it's it's got you know it's got the official logo on it. It's it's, it's a part. It's like an official partner of Coinbase. Um, so, and so the thing with cryptocurrency, you have to have two keys, right? So you get you get two keys to. Actually, this is where I lose my mind. I can't. I can't understand it. All. <laughs> Do you know so about the, got, yeah. the security well, you of it? Private key. Yeah. You, you never ever want to give out to anyone. You get yeah. Just give us twelve key. Just <laughs> sorry. <laughs> you get yeah. So did you get your little twelve seed? You know, yeah. Twelve words that they give you. Yeah. So that that's pretty much the keys um, into your account. So if anyone ever found those keys, they'd be able to just 
link into your account and take whatever is in there. So you never, ever, ever mm. want to give that under no circumstances. So you keep them as private and as safe as you can. And then your public key, that's that's your wallet address. So that's what, if, if I was going to send you some Ethereum, I'd just get you to send me your, um, your public key. And then I just, when I go into my wallet, I just put your public key in. It's pretty much like a, you know, sending someone a text message or something mm. um, or your bank account details. You give me that and then that's all I need to be able to transfer uh, money yeah, into your Ethereum wallet. And, and the special thing about that is, is I don't know the technology behind it, but there's no way for um, people to find out a private key from a public key, if that makes sense. So there's yeah. no way that you know anyone can hack your public key and find out those other details it's 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 safe so just as long as you don't give out those private and 12 words out to anyone yeah, you're pretty safe so it's, it's, yeah that, that's uh i mean it, yeah it's amazing amazing all the uh all the intricacies of it and i don't I still don't understand at all um uh, as in like, i don't understand to a good knowledge but uh, and it, i don't know but if anyone that, can understand it all <laughs> and and look you know still i have trouble and it's still complicated for me at times i've been using some of these things for sort of two or three years and that's why it's still not 100 percent mainstream there's still mm. a lot of issues um that you know they're, they're trying to work out to make these things a lot more seamless and a lot more easy for people to use and they'll get there um but you know it's such new technology um, yeah yeah going to take a long time definitely i mean so buying take it back to the start so you have to have a coin you have to have a wallet right so i mean if, yep. if you know how if you've, if you've ever bought stocks people for people listening if you ever bought stocks it's pretty, it's pretty simple to set up an account so you, it's the same with uh, crypto you can buy crypto in a very similar way you can set up a coinbase account and buy mm -hmm. buy crypto just like buying stocks it's, it's very very simple really um yep. and then the way i did it is just go onto OpenSea, and then you download coinbase wallet and you just send yourself, send your wallet some money, and then you can do whatever you want with that, really. Uh, yeah. And then, and then you can buy NFTs and stuff. So, so it, the way I understood it was Coinbase is like the bank. The wallet is like a physical wallet. You're taking money out of the bank in cash and putting it into the wallet, and then you can go and spend it, sort of thing. Is that right? That's right. I just, I would, I wouldn't think of a Coinbase account as a bank. In, okay. in, in no, it's, it's probably it, it's safer in your wallet than it is in Coinbase because okay. Coinbase still have, I mean, Coinbase is a, is a centralized company. So it, it's like, you know, when you have money in a bank, technically it's your money, but the bank actually sort of owns that money. Whereas when it's in your wallet and you've got the keys, no one else can ever access your wallet. So you're the, you're your own bank. Whereas when it's, when it's locked in Coinbase, Coinbase actually sort of technically own those keys. So if anyone was to hack into Coinbase, they could access your keys. So you're trusting Coinbase when it's in your Coinbase account. So when things are actually in your wallet, it's a whole lot safer. But then you know, even more complicated, when you're talking about serious money, you want to get like a hardware wallet or a hardware ledger and, mm. and it back keeps it offline completely so it's even more safer than having things in a wallet but yeah basically like to try and not sound so complicated you, <laughs> you buy it you buy it in coinbase you transfer it to a wallet your wallet links into one of these um, nft marketplaces and then you simply just buy something and you know click okay so yeah, it is a lot more simple than it sounds. Because if I can do it, I think anyone could do it. <laughs> yeah, I know that's a cliche saying, but it's true. Um, 
Yeah. And also, so when when you have it in your wallet, do you do you see it go up and down like the value of it? Because the value of of your your wallet will still go up and down related to the crypto, right? Yeah, so if you've got one Ethereum in your wallet, then depending on the price of Ethereum, it's it's going to go up and down. I think Coinbase okay. does actually have the price there for you as well, so you can see that in your Coinbase wallet. In, uh, maybe they do. I, I need to check that. Because <laughs> yeah, I've, I've got a couple of wallets, and I'm pretty sure I've got a Coinbase wallet, and it'll just have at the top in um, either US dollars or British pounds or whatever. It'll tell you the value of everything that's in in your wallet. Okay, because are they doing? Um, okay, so at the moment we're just saying I've got three pound ninety five worth of uh, Ethereum, uh, which yeah. is obviously, uh, and I guess that. So is that, that so that is then worth more or less in Ethereum, but it's always going to be three pound ninety five, or? No, no. So Ethereum will it, it moves up and down in price. Okay. So one Ethereum will always be one Ethereum. But one Ethereum won't always be worth. Um, I don't know what it is in pounds, but sort of two yeah. two thousand two hundred you know, Aussie dollars at the moment. If 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 one Ethereum is worth you know five hundred dollars, then you've still got the one Ethereum, but it's only worth if you were to cash it out into Aussie dollars or whatever. It's only worth five hundred dollars now. Okay, cool, cool. Whereas so yeah, if you were buying, sorry, you're buying an NFT for one Ethereum. It it, it doesn't really. It doesn't go up and down in value. It's just depending on the price of Ethereum at that point. You're still selling it for one Ethereum. I suppose it just depends. I look at things now in terms of what an Ethereum is and not, I suppose, it's value related to. I'm, I'm that far down that rabbit hole, whereas yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm so calculating I'm... things in what it's worth, you know, what a, a Bitcoin, what the price is rather than what the price is in you know, US dollars or whatever. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, so so in Coinbase, you can definitely see the the value of it, and it will go up and down. But when I put mm-hmm. um, this money into my wallet, in my Coinbase wallet, it's uh, I think it's only stayed at three pound ninety five, and it may have, it may be that the price has just stayed at three pound ninety five as well. But um, I have to get back to you on that if it if it if it's it goes up and down. That, sometimes it doesn't refresh properly, things like that. So got it, it got it. The actual price at the moment. But it should it should go up and it should still be you know, worth more if in a couple of years if it goes up. Well, I should have fingers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I should have I should have uh, I should have more in my wallet is what I'm trying to say. The, the price in my wallet, the amount I've got in my wallet will go up. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. The US so you're still gonna have the same amount of Ethereum, but that little, you know, instead of three dollars ninety five, you know, you might have ten dollars or whatever okay. in value. Yeah. Got it, got it, got it. Nice. Um <laughs> there's, there's so many so many things. Uh so yeah, okay. how did this project come about then? Let's go on to the, the actual project. Yeah, um, so just like I said, part of my study, I actually had to, um, you know, do do a project. Like it wasn't just about you know writing a couple of essays and stuff like that. Teacher yeah. encouraged actually sort of build, you know, a, a real project. And I've always believed in you know building something. I suppose that you believe in and stuff. So I just started thinking, how can I integrate um, football and blockchain? Because I'd love to get in that space. Um, as obviously just a hobby, I'm always looking at you know, in the marketplaces and, and blockchain and, and all those NFTs and stuff. And I just started to notice that there really wasn't any football art. I mean, like I said, I've always loved art, you know, even other types of art. Um, there was nothing football. And I thought, well, football is the you know, most popular sport in the world. Everyone loves football. Why wouldn't 
people want sort of football NFTs. And I just assumed, you know, through my own ignorance, you know, all the people I follow on Twitter and Instagram are, are into crypto and stuff like that. I just thought every single artist now knows what an NFT is. They're going to be all wanting to start an NFT. Um, so I started contacting artists, you know, saying, I, I want to help you produce your own NFT. And a lot of them were just straight over their head, like, what is an NFT? And I was like, oh, well, you know, I'm starting from fresh here. So then, then the project built, I thought, well, if, if NFT is going to be big in the future, because I think they're going to be big, well, instead of there just being like one huge marketplace, I thought every single industry is probably going to have their own market. They're all going to be need to specialize in, you know, little different things. You're not going to want to go on one NFT marketplace and <coughs> search through millions and millions of, you know, different NFTs and artworks looking for specific soccer ones. So I thought, oh, well, long-term plan, why don't I try and build some sort of soccer-specific marketplace? Um, yeah, I just thought, oh, well, maybe I can, you know, help these artists produce their own NFTs teach them along the way, help them get into the space and then use some of the profits from that to actually help, you know, find a developer to, you know, build some sort of marketplace. So I just sort of all brought that in together. And then when I saw the, um, like I was talking about this virtual reality world, so what um, NFT artists do, it's, it's really big in, in the NFT art world. They, there's a whole lot of galleries and stuff in um, Decentraland. So if they've got a new artwork, what they'll do is they'll have like an opening gallery night and they'll put them all on the walls in these virtual reality buildings. And then you'll have, you know, 50, 100, 200 people in these virtual reality rooms oh. all looking at artworks and it's integrated into the marketplaces. So you can click on the artwork and you can buy it straight away because your wallet, your MetaMask wallet is actually... Um, somehow integrated also into the virtual reality world. Then I started saying, obviously, you've got your little little man that you sort of control in the virtual reality world. People spend a lot of money on dressing up their virtual reality sort of, you know, dude. They might have a funny hat on him or stuff like that. And I started thinking, well, hang on a minute. Like, why wouldn't Manchester United, Arsenal, Chelsea, why wouldn't they release their own digital wearable jersey and, and and sell them in these in these worlds and then yeah i just started thinking well why don't i create my own you know football gallery headquarters where say arsenal can hold like their opening night can be you know in this little football space artists can release their own nfts and you know have a gallery opening night yeah just pretty much just mind blown yeah yeah <laughs> I might be 25 years too early with this kind of stuff, but I can see it happening one day. So, uh, it's definitely good to be earlier than uh, than late. So that's yeah. that's, a, <laughs> that's, that's good. True. I mean, it's it's been really interesting seeing uh, seeing how it's developed. I've only been able to follow it on social media, obviously, but it's uh, it's really interesting because obviously it's all the artists that I've been following are the bigger the big designers in the community as well, which is great. How did you yeah, find? Really yeah, good. that's good. How did you find these guys? Uh, just, I, I followed a lot of them just on Instagram, just, you know, yeah. just follow soccer dudes and that. And yeah, I just thought, oh, 
bugger it, I'll just send them a message and see how they react. Um, yeah. And if they didn't send, if they didn't, you know, see the message or reply, I'll just on their comments, hey mate, sent you a little DM. Please check it. Please reply. <coughs> and yeah, a lot of them, you know, got back to me straight away and were like, oh, hey, I've sort of heard of what an NFT is, or I haven't, or can you explain it to me a little bit more? And mm. just explain the, the whole project to them. And yeah, a lot of them are, you know, pretty excited about it because, you know, the way the way I see it is um, you know, blockchain and NFTs, it, it's it's more than just, for me, it's, it's more than just artwork. Like the things I suppose that we're going to be able to create from this is what a lot of my teachers sort of talk about is we don't even know what we're going to be able to create yet with NFTs. Mm -hmm. It's almost like we knew the internet was going to be something, you know, special, but we didn't know that we were going to get Facebook and Twitter, you know, yeah. instant messaging. Um, we didn't know we we're going to have the intent on our phones. So we knew the intent was going to change the world, but we didn't know how. And they're saying the same thing with blockchain and NFTs. We don't know how it's going to change the world yet, but we know it is going to change the world. Like the, the possibilities are, are absolutely, you know, through the moon, mm. um, but we don't know that yet. And I just think, well, if you can get really smart people involved, whether that's, you know, just artistic football creatives, they might, you know, make something, you know, fantastic because i know that as well with artwork and nfts you can like program code in it so it might be you know a picture of jose Mourinho, a painting and when he loses a match that painting can frown because it, it automatically you know will, will somehow look at the result and frown as soon as he loses or if they win you know he's got a big smile on his faces and I just thought, well, I'd love to see this kind of stuff work. I don't know how to do it. You know, I'm, I'm not an artist or a creative or anything like that, but you know, I want to help these guys be able to create this stuff because until they become aware of it, aware of it and realize it's not as scary as what it's made out to be. And you've still got that. Um, a lot of people still, you know, they hear the word Bitcoin and crypto and they think it's just like fake internet money. They don't know that these are actually like, you know, huge technologies behind this and it's it's not just a it's not just a bubble or anything like that like these technologies are are going to change the world so yeah yeah i i hope one day it's going to be like uh the hogwarts when you have all the, the pictures that move like yeah, i think it's exactly right it's going amazing you, as well so there's wish i knew the name of the company but so if you buy an nft and you think it's cool you can actually buy these little um, it's almost like a photo frame. Remember the digital photo frames? Mm. So you can, it just constantly like loops your artwork and you can have it on your mantelpiece. So they're only, you know, little ones at the moment, but I imagine that, you know, within the next 12 months, you're going to be able to get, you know, really big ones that you put on your wall. So, you know, these artworks that move and stuff, you, you're literally going to be able to have them in your lounge room and, and I reckon that'd be cool. Yeah, and that, that technology has only become cheaper and cheaper over time as well, which is fantastic. Yeah, exactly. uh, can we talk a bit about selling NFTs? Because I've, uh, well, on the 5th of April, I'm meant to be selling four. Um, so I, I need to, I, I've done a bit of research and, and got them yeah. up on uh, OpenSea. But um, yeah. uh, I've done three at the moment. But it's, it's I, I need to learn a bit more about um, what happens after you make the sale or if you, you know, if there's any appetite for a sale. Um, so how, how did you set the price for your ones? For the, for the football friends project, um, I just I just had a look at what was going around. Um, I might have said it a little bit too high looking back now, <laughs> but um, it's a real strange one. It's 
there's there's a lot of shit that's selling yeah. for like massive massive money um yeah. i still don't know how much of that is true like it's still so for instance you and me could create our own nft we could create 10 of them we could sell nine of them we could create nine separate wallets and we could buy nine of them for ten thousand dollars each you know and we're pretty much just swapping ten thousand dollars between ourselves okay. hoping that someone sees those nine sales for ten thousand dollars and goes shit there's one left i have to buy this <laughs> for ten thousand dollars and you know you and me just split you know the ten thousand dollars and and we're laughing so you know, I still think there might be a little bit of, of things like that going on. I mean, you could buy your own artwork as well, mm. just set up your own box, do it yourself. You don't even need anyone else to do that kind of stuff. So I just had a bit of a look around. I know that the NFT market, the artwork at the moment, it still feels like a little bit of a enclosed um, community of sort of originals that have been in the space for two years now. So I know anyone that's been involved creating this artwork, it's, it's, worth a lot of money because you know some of these people that have made millions from crypto it's like they're almost trying to give back to people that were in that community so the market for football art it's there but it's not there i think um so have you heard of that um trading card game called so rare mm, i think i've heard of it yeah i don't know what it is yeah well so it's it's basically like um digital uh fantasy football so okay. it's like five-side football so there's, there's probably about maybe 60 teams or might be a little bit more or less than that but so like ac milan are in it um anyway barcelona there's some massive football clubs that have officially licensed their players and, okay. and their cards in this game so you might buy a player and you've got five players and you get points depending on how well they actually play during that week. And then, so you enter a league and then say you're at the top league, then you might win, you either win Ethereum as a prize money or you win like a, a rare card. Mm. So like Mbappe card is going for, you know, 60, $70,000. Cristiano Ronaldo is going for, you know, a hundred, $150,000. I think there's some David Beckham ones, Zidane ones. <laughs> so it's big, big money. So it's actually one of the biggest NFT, um, because they're all NFTs, it's one of the biggest NFT marketplaces at the moment is this so rare football trading card game. Mm. So there is a market for it. It's just a way of, um, I think, getting into that that community because they're obviously football lovers um, and they're the ones I would imagine are going to want to buy football art. Um yeah, it, it's 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 not going to be an easy. It's not an easy sell. Um, yeah. It's it's about creating a community as well, um, and that's why with my project, I'm trying to, you know, link into the so rare and and get involved in that community and get involved in the, the the football art world and almost about it's it's about giving back rather than just almost, you know, just being an artist that's going to sell things. Um, that's that's the way I'm looking at it at the moment, just because it is such an early sort of early market. But mm. at the same time, some things I've I've looked at and thought no one is ever going to spend a dollar on that. And you go back two weeks later and they've made ninety thousand dollars, <laughs> and you know simply because they communicate communicate back to 
I suppose their fans that that are asking them, oh, can you create this or we love this, and and that you're talking back, having a conversation with them, and you're feeling like you get to know the artist, you're feeling like mm. you're supporting the artist, you're friends with the artist, and that's I suppose when people are going to invest in you and, and buy things from you is when they say, hey, I like this guy, you know, he's he's a nice guy, he's trying to do something pretty cool, um, I'm gonna. I'm going to invest in him. I'm going to buy one of his art pieces because, yeah, I, um, I believe in him. So that's that's exactly the route I'm trying to go down. Is, is like supporting supporting me. And um, is it so? If your your design career takes off, you know, you become a you know, if you work for loads of football clubs, and you you know your, your design career gets richer, I guess, and you become a more well known designer or more well known artist. The art, the NFT is going to be worth more as well, right? Yeah, because that's a beauty, because you can trace it back exactly when that NFT was put onto the blockchain. Yeah. Um, that It's like, oh, geez, that was his first ever artwork. That's yeah. where people... So that's what people are doing now. They're looking back through some of these famous artists and they're finding all their original pieces. And, yeah, some of them are, you know, going for millions of dollars because, hey, this was his, you know, first piece. This is worth a whole lot more than his, you know, hundredth piece that he put out. So... Mm. That's, that's, what them do. You might, that's what I've sort of started to do a little bit is I've just brought a couple of, you know, dudes that I follow on um, Twitter and that. And I think, wow, some of this stuff that they're, they're creating is really, really cool. You know, he might be a might be a top artist in the future. And I make sure, one, that I like the art piece to begin with. So I buy it and then, you know, add a bonus, I suppose, in, in 10 years' time if he's actually, you know, a famous artist that might be worth something. So. Yeah, definitely. That's exactly the the play I'm trying to go with. Um, uh, like, it, it, and we're selling it as well. I mean, I think the, the community aspect is really good. Um, and, and pricing it, I'm, so I'm trying to price them at a, a very, very affordable, like, so forty quid. Or, well, actually, it's because Ethereum's gone down this week. It's more like thirty quid, but not point not two two Ethereum. So it's yeah, like that's as affordable to anyone. So if I if I, if someone percent and and there's they're more likely 100 percent for people to to buy something the cheaper they are than to um you know if it's a couple of thousand dollars yeah yeah exactly and, and this is this is the thing so I, I mean if i don't so i'm absolutely happy having having my own little stamps rotating it's cool it's cool it's cool to have right on instagram yeah if you get that's what I, that's what i love about them because i at the moment, football art is just, it's pretty much sort of 2D, you know, there's mm. nothing sort of 3D. And I see all the other unreal sort of 3D artworks that are in the crypto world. And I'm, I just look at them and I go, if that was a footballer, that would be so cool. It might be yeah. a statue of someone, you know, twisting and it's gold and chrome. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, but I, I want that as Thierry Henry, you know what I mean? I want to collect that as Zidane or something. Um, so, yeah, so when... When a couple of artists start doing this stuff, but hundred percent, it's it's going to be worth a lot of money. Well, I think anyway. No, I, I totally agree, and that's why we're on this podcast. <laughs> we both yeah. think it's going to be the the right way. Uh, but yeah, so the, the ones I've designed, the four four of them are four um, athletes, and they're not on Instagram at the moment, but they'll be they'll be on next week and posting about yeah. them. But uh, yeah, it, it, it's so when when they're on there promoting them on Instagram, promotion on social, is there anything else I can do to get them out there and, and maybe in a wider audience? Um, are you on Twitter? Yeah, yeah. To me, Instagram almost seems like a waste of time, to okay. be honest. But <laughs> when it comes to the crypto world, um, Instagram has just been left behind. Um, Twitter is everything. 
Um, <clears throat> I just follow people. I, you know, just comment on mm. their artwork, all that kind of stuff. Um, have you been onto Discord chat as well? No, no. Uh, so a lot of these communities, um, they, they're like creating their own community, for instance. So they might be art collectors and stuff and anyone can join um, and you can just, you know, tell them about your projects and stuff. But yeah, it's, it's called Discord and it's, it's like, they're like those old school chat rooms that people used to have like a long, long time ago. Um, they're very, very popular in the crypto world. So a lot of people, you know, might just, just, it's just another way, I suppose, of connecting with people and stuff like that. Mm. But yeah, look, I mean, I'm still trying to figure out that myself in terms of marketing and advertising and all that kind of stuff without trying to, you know, you don't want to slam things down people's throat. You just want to, you just want to genuinely say, hey, I, I think this is cool. I think you might like it, you know, especially with these blokes that are already involved in, you know, trading card games when it comes to football, like, hey, I know you like football, you know, do you like this rather than just putting it up, you know, to everyone, you got to try and find your market. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I, I think the support, uh, I said it just a minute ago as well, but there's the supporters, like your, your own followers and people that want to support you is really important, I think, here, especially right now with the early, when, it, when it's so early in the game, it's, it's um, I think that's probably more likely to make a sale that way. Um, yeah. And also giving giving maybe a, th a physical thing as well because I know you can do unlockable. So when you sell it, you can the the buyer will get something. I don't know, get the artwork in a higher res or or you know they get a link to a, an actual product or something. Um, and, and and I want to try and I've got like an idea for a card. Okay, it's like UV gloss and it's I've actually had, sent it off to print. So it's like a little card which is a, a certificate. So it's a certif yeah. certificate of ownership, I guess, uh, of the mm -hmm. NFT. So whoever. Uh, buys of the NFTs will get this little signed certificate um, in a proper like top loader with a sticker on it that looks as all official and everything. Um, yeah, I thought that's like a nice little added touch, like actual uh, signed. Yeah, bonus bonus content that, that people get sent as well in physical form. That just that just tops it off. That's what people still love. I mean, people are going to love these virtual things, but everyone yeah. still loves physical stuff. And if you bring them both together, it's yeah, it's a win-win for everyone. I mean, that's why. I see a little bit more in the future of these things. I mean, if an artist is creating, you know, a poster or something, why wouldn't he just sell as an NFT as well? And then you buy the NFT and then they get sent the poster as well. Yeah. Um, so, that makes yeah. so much sense to me. I think that's, that's definitely the right way to go with, with all of this. So you can sell, um, one thing I noticed as well, you can, so you can sell 10 of that NFT or you can sell one of one, right? Yeah. Yeah, so it just depends, I suppose, on the, the scarce, the, the scarcity level. So, if you want something to be rare, you know, and you only want one of them around, you just create the one of one. Mm. If you want to create multiple of them, you know, you can pretty much create as many as you want. Um, but then, obviously, that that one of one is going to be worth a whole lot more than if if you know that there's five hundred other people out there with the exact same thing. It's probably not as collectible as they're just being shit. He's only made much only made one i want that one um, yeah. so. i like I think, uh, I think some artists to have a little bit of everything i know a lot of them they might have they'll release a one of one and it's going to be a, a lot pricier but then obviously mm. for the same people that want to support the artist or the artist wants to support their community that doesn't have as much money for a one of one they might release you know an addition of 50 or 100 or things like that so you're pretty much getting um, sort of both sides of the market. I like that. That's like a, like, you know, like a base card and then like an autograph card. You know, it's one of one autograph card and then 
the base cards you get you know, thousands or, or you know, hundreds or ten or so. So yeah, I like that yeah. a lot, and definitely think about doing that in the future. I mean, the first ones I've, I've got on there will, will be one of one, but uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully worth a lot in the future. Who knows? But uh, <laughs> getting early. Um, but yeah, I guess that's a little advert for you know for following Instagram and, and my socials to to find out the links and all that to to get onto the NFC. So my first four stamps that are going to be live on the fifth of April. So it's exciting. Um, yeah, it is. yeah, definitely. Um, when, so when you sell an NFT, what I've heard a lot about gas prices and because that's is that the price it takes to the transaction um, to transfer yeah, to you the money or to create it? Okay. Yeah, so that it's the transaction um, fee, um, or when you create the NFT, it's um, that's it's called the gas fee or the contract fee. That's what actually turns it just from a you know JPEG into an actual nft it attaches yeah. a contract onto that jpeg and, and and makes it an nft so at the moment yeah you're right the the gas fees are astronomical i mean probably i think a year ago you could mint something for you know five cents and at the moment depending on the time so it depends on how busy the network is it can be in australian dollars anywhere from Fifty dollars to you know a hundred dollars. I think on OpenSea, the good thing is is you can put it up, and it will only get minted when it sells. So you don't mm. have to pay anything up front. But say you want to put something on one of the other marketplaces, you actually have to pay the um, gas fee to turn it into an NFT before you can sell it. So that's the the one good thing about OpenSea is you know you don't actually have to pay anything to create this NFT. So you can create it. Put it up, see how it goes, and if you get a sale, that's great. If you know if you don't want to pay that sort of fifty, hundred dollars to begin with, um, mm. open see way to go. Yeah, I think, uh, add one more thing. We should see in the next two or three months um, prices come down a whole lot more. That's what Ethereum is working on. That's what everyone whinges about. Um, it's almost <laughs> it, it didn't scale quick enough, um, and they've had to change a whole lot of protocols and stuff. But eventually. Hopefully, um, the gas fees will come down. Yeah, that's um, that's what I'm hoping as well. Obviously, with with the sailing of it, because I thought I so I paid eighty eighty you know, eighty pounds in in um, so I think that was to authenticate my account on OpenSea when you when you become a seller to to get something into yes. the world. Um, Sorry, you have to pay the, the two transactions, isn't it, that you have to do? Yeah, and. Normally, it's you know a couple of cents, but at the moment with the gas fees, it's crazy. So, if someone bought the NFT on the fifth of April, right? Would they? So, from what I understand, it's it's the if someone buys it and it's a set price, the buyer would have to pay the gas fee. But if it's a bid, the and and the seller accepts the bid, it's the seller that pays the gas fee. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's it. Yeah. Okay. So. I'm just worried about someone buying it and having to pay like double the price. <laughs> yeah, I know. And that's that's the only issue with people trying to sell things cheap at the moment because I've right. I've 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 gone to buy things that are only like twenty dollars. Yeah. And it'll come up gas fee a hundred dollars and you're like Jeez. you know, I'm paying a hundred dollars to pay for something that's twenty. Whereas if you're buying something that's a thousand dollars and you're paying a hundred dollar gas fee it's i know it's still the same gas fee but in your head like your, your mind game it's not as big of a deal you think oh it's a thousand dollars anyway i might as well just pay the extra hundred mm. um so that 
that's the only difficulty with with cheap things at the moment is is that gas fee yeah for sure and it's the gas fee is standard as well it's not depending on the on the price of the products like, no, yeah, it's it's literally just it's not done by the the marketplace. The marketplace doesn't get a cut of it or anything like that. It's literally just the the, the miners that are, um, you know, keeping the Ethereum blockchain and and mining all those transactions. They're the ones that set the fee, and it goes up and down depending on how busy the network is at yeah. any point. Um, so yeah, you want to try and get on it. I think when all the Americans going to bed and then that the Asians are sort of just waking up or so I think there's a there's a nice little time there sweet spot yeah you can save yourself <laughs> like 60 70 bucks if you, if you find the right time so it's definitely worth it at the moment what, what I will say is for people listening that are interested in, in potentially buying some digital stamps and NFTs of mine that if um I, I, this is an experiment the first four are a real experiment I'm trying to see how it is and how it all works but uh, if it is like ridiculous prices, then let me know and um, we'll, we'll work something out. Because <laughs> I don't want I don't want someone to be paying uh, thirty quid for the stamp and then two hundred or a hundred for the for the gas price. So um, we'll work something out there. But uh, yeah, it's it's really interesting space. That's for sure. I'm I'm very very excited about it. Um, yeah, it's crazy. It's is, is there anything else that you you want people to know before they buy them or or, or sell them? Uh, no, look off. I'll, I'll give my project a little plug. Pretty much yeah. um, all profits from the sale of these um, NFTs that have been created um, by the artists that are involved in, in the program, it, it literally all going towards trying to hire some developers to start actually get the ball rolling to create a football-specific marketplace. So the whole idea of this is just to start you know, I want this space to get bigger and bigger and bigger. It's it's going to take you know a fair bit of investment. And I thought, oh well, at the same time, you know, can we support the artists and support the project? Um, I mean, long term thinking, I I would love this project to be completely decentralised. Um, so without confusing people, <laughs> blockchain organisations can become completely decentralized they're called daos so they're called um, a digital autonomous organization and that basically means that there's no one owner or no one manager that controls everything so for instance everyone that's involved in the organization gets a chance to vote on what the organization does next or everyone gets a vote on where the money gets, you know, invested into. Everyone gets a vote on, you know, how much money the developers and the managers are getting paid. So it's all completely decentralized. And then marketplaces obviously make, you know, a lot of money. And then with my project, I was like, well, if we can create a football specific marketplace and all those profits get put directly back into football projects I was like that's a win-win um, so that that can be chosen by this you know decentralized organization and that might be putting it back into a blockchain mm. you know project it might be to give to a charity it might you know be invested into a, a real project that might even go straight back into um, some artists and um, paying them commission them to you know create some absolutely you know, amazing piece 
for this organization to hold as you know collateral in the virtual reality land so yeah basically my whole project is just trying to create you know one big decentralized organization that 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 100 benefits football fans mm. because just like with football now, you know, a lot of the money goes to the big clubs and the big clubs owned by big corporates and, you know, tickets are expensive, all that kind of stuff. I was like, if, if in this decentralised market, I was like, if we can get in quick enough and become the go-to football marketplace, if Man United wanted to sell their digital wearable, if we can control that marketplace mm-hmm. and they have to sell it on our marketplace, then we can at least make sure a percentage of those profits goes back into the real football community if that makes sense yeah so you know that's it's another layer i mean these daos it's the same thing like i was talking about before they nearly everything will be i suppose not everything but a lot of things will be controlled by these daos that are decentralized and chosen by the members but they're still working out the best ways and the best practices for these things to happen because obviously you, know, you don't want to get stuck with an organization where 50% want to do one thing 50% want to do the other and the organization's just stuck doing nothing yeah yeah you know, whereas a normal organization has a manager who can just make decisions like that so they're just trying to work out a whole lot of structures in place um, just to work out what would be the best way so yeah that's just a another added layer i suppose of where i would like to see the project head that's i mean that'd be fantastic if you can get you know, football come uh, football teams like yeah you know, like an arsenal like a man united or a big clubs like that and and then somehow trickle it down to grassroots football through the money that they they, they spent on the platform that'd be fantastic yeah. be really really good so it's exciting for sure i think you know a few years and we're there like is it is that <laughs> Back in 2017, 18, I thought I'd be sitting here in a couple of years being retired. I'm not retired yet. Maybe maybe in two or three years, these projects will take off. Maybe it'll take 10, 15 years. Uh, You know, a lot of other people have said um, in the space that, look, we were able to use credit cards on the internet 25 years ago to pay for goods and do it. So the technology was there. Everyone was capable of doing it. But people were scared of the technology. They didn't understand it. They thought it was dodgy, all that kind of stuff. And it, and it took about 15, 20 years for that to be, you know, mainstream. I mean, I remember 10, 15 years ago, people didn't really use credit cards on the internet as much. People just, no, I would never put my details on the internet. <clears throat> Whereas now, people will just buy anything on the internet with their card. Um, but it just takes a long time before these things become mainstream. It's the same with, you know, even maybe these NFTs, collectibles and stuff, like 100% it's going to happen, but, you know, whether it's in two, you know, we're very excited about it all, but, you know, other people are going to sit there going, oh, this is silly, no one would ever want to do that. So it's going to take a long, long time before you you change the minds of these people. Yeah, of course. I, I remember when uh, contactless payments were, like, everyone was really worried about that. I, now everyone's yeah. contactless. I don't use cash anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I and you can know. spend a hundred pounds. It's going up to hundred pounds soon as well, which is crazy. Uh, yeah, I think ours with COVID and stuff, they increased ours. I think it's two hundred or two hundred and fifty dollars here now as well. Yeah, that's good. So that probably works out to be around the same, right? That's like yeah, sounds about the same yeah. price. Yeah, yeah amazing. Hard, yeah. Amazing. That's a uh, that's cool. Yeah. So um, 
I guess uh, the next thing, I guess we go on to the last couple of questions. Uh, I ask most people, uh, everyone on the podcast. Um, first of all, what's your best purchase? And uh, well, now it's what, 200, whatever you just said, dollars, 225 Australian dollars. What's your best purchase? <laughs> my best purchase? Yeah. Um, my best ever purchase is I was in an op shop. I used to live in the country, so country town of you know a couple of thousand people. Just thought I'd have a quick look before I I can't remember what I had football or something, and I found an Arsenal. Um, it was like a a travel bag from the nineties in there Amazing. in like in top knit condition, and I looked at it, turned away, looked at it again. I was like, no way, and yeah, it was just like <laughs> this retro square looking. You know, when Arsenal had the just that logo from the 90s it's just yeah iconic and um yeah that's my football bag now and it was it's like one dollar uh, i'd probably Mate. get 100 150 bucks for it but no way it's mine <laughs> <laughs> that's great yeah definitely that's, that's a good purchase. um yeah. do you have any uh, life advice for people the last couple of questions are a bit deeper do you have any life advice for people listening um i suppose just go out there and have a crack really um just just believe in yourself and have a go i mean it's it's uh, i always i've loved this crypto space for a long long time and, and i wish i had started earlier doing something about this stuff um you know if, if i'd actually got involved two or three years ago when i started to think that it might be the future i'd be you know a long way in front in terms of just understanding the technology and maybe already having a job in the industry already so but you know, I was I was too scared, and you, you go back to that, you know, nine to five job. Um, although I had a good nine to five job, but you know, it wasn't what I wanted to do forever. Same with even I suppose, you know, being lucky enough to become a footballer, I just said to myself, I always wanted to be one. I mean, you know, I was successful, and I had seven years as a professional. I I suppose I failed in the end, but you know, I still still gave it a crack, still succeeded, and you know, I'm I'm happy failing at, you know at the halfway point like for me it's it's still a success it's it's not an actual failure so yeah of course you learn from everything so yeah just best thing just to have a go um don't worry what what people say just just keep going I, I, yeah i mean i wouldn't call that a, i wouldn't call that a failure i mean think about how many people around the world want to be a professional footballer and you did it that's incredible I but, know, uh, I know. yeah yeah uh did you, did you play in the Australian leagues at all after after that, or did you? Cause no, yeah. So I come back to um, so I'd done my ACL for the second time. Um, oh. I came back to try and get a contract in the A League, and yeah, my my head wasn't there. I just I couldn't couldn't go through the sort of rehab process. I just thought if I do my ACL for the third time, I just couldn't have been dealing with it. And I just mm. took a couple of years off playing completely. Um, and yeah, that was it. You know, once you. 26, 27, had two knee recos. That's you just, yeah, just don't see the so, point, really. Right, right. Do you play on a five side or 11 side now or not? I st yeah, still play competitively now. I've been coaching for the last four or five years. I sort nice. of play major as well. I actually <laughs> did my ACL for the third time about oh, two, two years ago and then retired. I didn't have the operation this time. And then, you know, I don't know whether I'm an idiot or not, but I'm, I'm back playing on it. I, I <laughs> went to the gym and did rehab without having the operation and it's taken about a year and a half, but it, it feels good again. So you just can't stop me. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's the thing about football, isn't it? It's such a such a passion. I I remember when I had a I tore some ligaments in my in my ankle, uh, and I was out for you know six months or so, and it's terrible. I it was probably the worst time of my life. To be honest. Yeah, I got really yeah. down and everything. I you know, couldn't walk and couldn't go outside, and it was awful. Um, so I, I can half understand what you're going through. Yeah. yeah, and it's the same with you know people need to remember as well professional footballers when they're injured and stuff. I mean, I remember spent you know bloody good year and a half, two years in a in a rehab room. I was you know, getting paid good money and all that kind of stuff, but mm. all I wanted to do was play football, and that's yeah. the same with nine percent of footballers out there. Literally, all they want to do is play football, and they want to play in the first team, and they just want to do as good as possible. Uh, you know, you still hear a few stories about people thinking, you know, they're faking it or they're, you know, taking too long to get back to, you know, fitness and all that kind of stuff. But literally, just like people like you and me, all everyone wants to do is play football, no matter what level it is. Mm. You literally kick a ball. I mean, I I love it. It's it's the best. We had our first game of the season last night. So, <laughs> yeah. it's, 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 how did you do, by the way? How did, how did you get on? Yeah, two one. Yeah, nice. Two nice. Yeah. nice. <laughs> Um, yeah, I was trying to explain to to my to my girlfriend about how how passionate people can get about it. She's like, it's just a game. I, I like going to it, and uh, it's fun to watch live. But watching it on TV is not the same, which is not. But like, uh, she just doesn't get like the whole fan and and the, the, like it's it's it is my life. Like I know it might sound yeah. a bit a bit much, but like if you think about it, it's my job. I work in football. I, I'm constantly thinking about it because I'm working in it and I support a football team and. Like, yeah. I'm doing design work, which is outside of my job, which is based around football. Like the whole thing, the whole—it's crazy. It just draws you in, no matter what you end up doing. It just draws you in. The amount of times I've, you know, because everyone gets pissed off at football too. You know, <laughs> of get half and you know, pisses you off and that, and you just don't want to know about it. But no matter what, it just draws you back in. So yeah, it must be real love. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't say that to my girlfriend though. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, let's not let's not say that. Um, yeah, it's yeah, there's something about it. Something, something. I don't know. I, I I don't think you can ever explain it to someone that's not into sports. Um, but anyway, um, how do you want to be remembered? Is the last question. How <laughs> do I want to be remembered? Well, yeah. I don't know, just someone that, you know, I suppose tried his best. That's literally it. I mean, I'm I'm by no means an expert at anything. Even, you know, coming up to this program uh, this project I'm starting, you know, I'm you know, I'm not an expert in anything whatsoever. Um, I was a footballer, I was a football coach, you know, I'm I'm doing a little bit of study but um, you know, I've got sort of passion behind me. Um, I, I just wanna do my best, love what I do, do it in an honest way and and hopefully that's enough to, you know, bring some other people in around me that, you know, know how to do this and know how to do that and, you know, just create some sort of successful team and environment that, yeah, makes something good happen. So. Nice. That sounds great. Um, <laughs> where can people find you and, uh, and say hello to you on social media? Um, so everyone can go on to um, Football Friends. Um, on Instagram, um, check out our website, footballfriends.io, or on Twitter, I think our handle is footballnfts. So if anyone wants to come on or, or send me a message, I'd, I'd love to hear from anyone because, you know, the project is, it, it's a project of passion. Um, mm. It's 
yeah, I, I need as many people involved as possible that want to, you know, if, if people want a, a future for football, art, for NFTs, all that kind of stuff, then, you know, I, I urge anyone, you know, to contact me and get involved um, and, yeah, make something happen together. Yeah, nice. I'm, I'm definitely with you. I think it's the future. I think it's, um, I think it is the future of our industry. If you see, you know, like, crypto, huge companies wouldn't be investing in it if it wasn't the future. So, um, and like, there's loads of amazing artists and big artists as well. And, and the NBA yeah. is selling, if the NBA are doing something, uh, I think you should get on it. So, <laughs> NFTs. I know, I'm, I'm waiting for the Premier League. So, like, I see that NBA top shots and I'm like, please, yeah. Premier League, release something. Like, of course. Spend so much money on buying things. <laughs> exactly, exactly. There, yeah. I think there's probably a lot of talk at football clubs right now. Um, so I'm sure something will happen. Yeah. I don't know when, but hopefully soon. Um, yeah, but this has been a pleasure. I really, really appreciate yeah, you no. chatting with me. Thanks, mate. Cheers. It's been good. Yeah, I'd, even talking, you know, some of these artists, I was like, oh, I'd, I'd love to chat to some of these blokes. And then you've contacted me and I've seen, hey, there's someone else that's interested in this kind of stuff. And he's, you know, he's already contacting all these people. So, yeah, it's, I've got, I haven't been massive in the social media world. You know, I've just sort of not really been into it. I'll flip through Instagram and stuff. Mm. But, um, yeah, to get involved now with the project and see there's so many other people out there that you know, love this kind of stuff, it's good to connect. Yeah, I think it's more at the start right now, especially, I think it's more about um, making people understand what NFTs are and this podcast will help. But I think it's, it's definitely more about that right now than, um, uh, like buying stuff and like telling people to do this and buying stuff because um yeah because we need to get past that first like like we talked about in the podcast is get far past the the hurdle of um is it safe is it secure what what's the future of it and once we do that yeah. i think it's it's everyone's going to be selling them <laughs> yeah yeah hey, well, uh, and there you go well there you go that is there you go. that's the podcast thank you <laughs> um yeah. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you found it useful. And, and if you want to check out Matt's projects or my NFTs, you can find links down in the description below to those. So thank you very much for listening, and I'll see you next week for another episode of the podcast. Cheers.